0: hello and welcome to the second episode of what's on your mind I'm Ricardo I'm a transformative coach
1: and my name is Virpi and I focus on futures business and design
0: uh if you never heard about our story we worked together in the same company for many years never interact for some reason many years after we started randomly talking on the internet and having really nice interesting talks and we decided to why not make an experiment and record and just take it from there and this is as much as an experiment as for us as is probably for you hearing it isn't it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so i'll uh... <laughs> recorded recording our talks if somebody else enjoys them too and um we thought to have different topics maybe to to because it's we have a habit to wonder quite broadly yeah. with the different topics so we try to focus a little bit let's see how that works and and today there was the, um, the theme around our talks about trust so what's on your mind about that? Why Why uh, do you want to talk about trust?
0: Uh, a lot. Why? Because there is a lot in my mind about trust. I will just paint maybe a picture of, of the many things about trust that is going on in my mind. But I think looking at the, at the zeitgeist that we live in, and I think for the people hearing us, we are always, you know, meandering through the tech, society, leadership, and, and the futures. Mm. Uh, so it's... And, you know, if we look at the last months, maybe in the last year, there's so much trust issues around our industry is trust issues regarding leadership bec- with all of these layoffs and, and terrible strategies how to drive companies uh, and all things have been dealt with. There is so much um, disillusion and mistrust what a company culture now means Right, I think the last two mm-hmm. years have been uh, quite the eye opening of what cultural, what the company cultural means and what yeah. it is.
1: The whole. May I, may I ask already now, like recent oh, sure. years, is, is that kind of you said recent years? It's been eye opening. Is it just for you, or you think in general, do we pay more attention to the to the culture? Because uh, it's been on my mind as well. That's why I don't know if it's me or everyone. Is it the the, uh, times that we're going through?
0: I think it's the time that you're going through. I think I was always a bit sensitive to that. I think my, Mm -hmm. sorry, my expression, but my bullshit detector was always very active (laughs) and very accurate. So maybe I, I was a bit more disillusioned up front, but I have the feeling that it's becoming more and it's becoming more, more broad to to, to most to a lot mm-hmm. of people. So it's not just people who are more critical or more philosophical about these topics, but I think it's affecting everyone. And mm. in some shape or another, it's, I don't think it's only me or you with these more particular views. I think it's affecting the broader community. But yeah. I, I, I don't know how you see it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was just thinking that maybe it's exactly the big things that have happened. A pandemic and stuff, and reading about great resignation and so on, people really have gone turned towards themselves, and uh, maybe rethinking what do they want to do, what's meaningful. Maybe those questions have been more in the front, and that therefore you start to also look around and focus on culture.
0: Yeah, and I think. For me, what comes to my mind, and all it's maybe the bigger question is that we have been seeing companies trying mm-hmm. to regain the trust yeah. somehow, or trying to force artificial cultures that people are not accepting anymore. It's like, you cannot bring me back to work because you have these this nice perks of juices and games, it's become already a cliche, right? But this is still the things that the companies are kind of pushing. Mm -hmm. and and this is kind of the or they are going in more coercive ways into pushing you back to the office or back to more commitment so how do companies if you if you want to focus on that I don't know it's just a question that's on my Mm -hmm. mind is that how can companies bounce back from that because now it's a time that people are asking for honesty and, and and you know being genuine and being actually human and It feels that we are, a lot of companies are still treating their employees or trying to attract their employees like if they were a fancy kindergarten, for (laughs) lack of better words.
1: Uh, I was thinking that isn't still the fancy kindergarten kind of appealing Uh, in a way that it's better than being treated as a trust resource? It it brought uh, brought to my mind, um, back to a few years, um, I took my son to work and there was all these perks in there, games and drinks and ice cream and so on and so on. And when we went home or going home, he started asking around it and uh, the big thing was for him what he then said like and you get paid being in there because he thought it was amazing already already getting those things plus money he saw it like a wonderland so just continuing from the kindergarten and kind of maybe it's the the people um that's kind of interesting now to think from that way that what's the standard or the, the level, what the culture has to be in a way. And you mentioned people want more honesty, genuine approach, more humane approach. So all these playful elements or having fun is is that uh, it's it's a standard that has to be there, like a hygienic factor in a way, hygiene factor. Uh, or is that like a trend that has passed?
0: Hmm. That's an interesting question. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, of course, it feels good to have this kind of as a standard, right? You can yeah. go there, you can go to the office, you have a nice office, you have drinks, you have, you know, you have fruits, you can play your console games or whatnot. I mean, I didn't have that in previous jobs. So I also Mm. got so scooped by that when I started to work in tech. And it's like, wow, that's, you know, feels like a nice lifestyle.
1: Yeah, because I think it's nice, you kind of get used to it, the longer you work in tech, that's kind of a done deal. And then you go to different area, and you're surprised, maybe that they are much behind. Fair. Because it's I nice think- to choose your own tools, and you have the snacks there, And but it's not all about fun or having fun at work, I guess. I think that's the thing. Maybe it's age-related. We've aged. Age. With H? H. H.
0: Ah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that also might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, kicker table was definitely more appealing a couple of years ago than it is now. Yeah. Uh, I do not disagree with that. I think the problem that I see or the, or the personal issue that I have with that is that at what cost does that come and Mm -hmm. how is that being used as a, as a tool to cover bad management, to cover bad strategy, you know, and to kind of throw sand into the people's eyes (laughs) of what the real thing is. Because maybe, maybe I'm being too hardcore in my opinion, but a company it should operate first in the most ideal way and put resources into treating their people in a fair way mm-hmm. and, and in, in a meaningful way, of course, but like in a fair way and putting actually resources into making the work meaningful and logical and putting, str- making strategic choices that are, that are worth it. The problem is if all of that is not there, but Hey, we have fruits and drinks. Which is what's happening to a lot of companies right now. It's like they had a lot of perks, but now they need to lay off people because bad strategy, terrible management, toxic workplaces, people are burning out and quitting. Does r- really, does that where the investment of money goes into culture is about the perks or should it be first stop the perks and not making that a standard, although it's nice, but maybe we need to go through a more, rev- a bigger revolution, which is making it work
1: Maybe the that's right. the thing because if if the there's a lot of emphasis of um, enjoyment and fun and like having fun at work, and maybe it comes to, if it linked to trust is that like um, the actions have to follow the words. So if you have all these perks and nice things, but then the actions, like you mentioned, leadership or other things, strategy don't follow those actions. There's a kind of a conflict between words and actions, and, and that kind of hinders to trust.
0: Definitely. It's it's a cognitive dissonance.
1: Mm. And in the beginning it was, I think, even, even from, oh well, first experiences to these new kind of cultures and organizations, it's amazing you know all these things happening there and you're like wow so maybe your first experiences first years times whatever the time period like in awe, like wow this is cool kind of freedom in that but once you had your time then you start to think like more Deep. And there comes the trust and maybe the development plan, like how 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 can you evolve in there, how you can grow and all the other things that come after that initial fun reaction.
0: It's almost like peeking behind the curtain and getting disappointed. <laughs> But well, are you disappointed? Uh, I was, mm-hmm. I think the disillusion was always, uh, something that was very present because mm. how can you have fun off sites or, you know, or go to our hands? I don't know. And you know that the company is not operating well because things are not being managed the right way or. Well, there is a lack of priorities. I don't know. Now I'm blabbering around, but like, I think I remember the moment when I was, I come from Portugal, Mm. I came in 2009 in the peak of the economic crisis. And I was kind of in the beginning of my career. I had good jobs before I had pretty terrible jobs. And when I discovered the tech world, it was like, wow, this is fantastic! So much freedom, so much. Not-. But it took me what three to four years to understand. Shouldn't we be focusing on making this work in the first place before we think about all of these perks that actually being a distraction and almost used as a manipulative way to say, yeah, we are not doing a great job, but hey, you have a kicker table and free drinks and a nice offsite, and mm. you can cut. So, you know, I think the worst part is not the perks, and the worst part is not you know, bad management or leadership or things that are not working is the usage of these perks as a, as an as a exchange coin mm-hmm. almost to manipulate employees or to throw sand into their people's eyes. I think that's, I'm not against the perks. I understand why bad decisions are made. I think the problem with the benefits and all of this type of culture is how it's used as almost as an exchange manipulative coin
1: mm-hmm. to
0: to coerce people or to go around, if that makes sense. Do you
1: think there's a a fix for that? Like, can there be... can it work differently? That is not an attempt to manipulate.
0: I use the word manipulate, but I don't think that this is being done as an intentional manipulation, right? So I think that also to make it clear, I don't think that people are evil Mm. and are doing this like manipulating, (laughs) but in the end, that's how it can be used, right? And it's how often it's used. I think it's just, It's. I don't want to point fingers, but maybe this is pointing fingers, but I think there is a big disconnection between nowadays, between leadership Mm. and the rest of the company. HR HR or people's departments are in a tough spot because they are in the middle. Maybe they understand the people, but they also need to follow the rule, the follow the guidelines and the the rules and the orders from, from top management. So I, I think, I mean, and we are seeing this globally, right? Like CEOs are demanding people to go back to, to the office, increasing the perks or perks that nobody wants. You know, I think that is a big disconnection, like politicians who... Yeah, I
1: was going to think, of, I was thinking about, I'm going to say that the, um, we had the election just now in Finland. And um, you mentioned the leadership being disconnected. But is it also like when there are tough times, hard decisions, it's impossible, of course, to please everyone. So somebody always feels that there's a disconnection
0: yeah I, have a I don't know if this
1: applies but in a way that also the ceos how they've been trained and how the world has functioned and if if the um, if you make like i feel almost um like there's a old world and the new world and kind of what we talked about this shift happening Mm. How do we measure measure suc- success and what's meaningful and all these things? And now we talk about trust, and it's quite a messy situation, I think. It's, Even it's, the trust as well. Like, can you trust politicians? Can you trust the news? Can you trust like what? And can you rely on something that doesn't change soon again? I think that's the kind of my take on it now like there's the deep fakes there's the fake news there is um, world has suddenly become so complex and you see that being also used in for example during the elections to make your point um, stand out so you can pick and choose the perspectives and the the evidence and the information and this can be also seen in uh, for example health and well-being. one sometimes this is trendy don't don't drink milk next is bread, then it's meat and then it's diabetes, then it's blood pressure, then it's AD HD you know and yeah. like how do you even navigate in there let alone then coming back to the leaders.
0: Yeah, I've, I think we are living in a post-truth society, it's tough. Mm. It's like, it feels that who's really right and mm. who's really, what is really truth, right? So I think we got to a point and especially, you know, with chat GTP technology, kind of technologies and, 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 you know, this type of AIs and It's just making more noise, right? So it's really hard. What was the absolute truth? I mean, if there is one, right? I think maybe 30 years ago was easy to say, this is the absolute true truth. There was maybe two opposite to each other, but that's it. And none of them were right. Maybe most likely, but you had the certainty about that. There was not so many
1: truths. Yes, there was one truth.
0: Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Even if it was the wrong one, but the yeah. problem is like
1: <laughs> everybody believed in that or not. Like yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So now, which truths to believe in? And they compound because they can have so many variations, right? I mean, looking at conspiracy theories and all the all the variations they can have within the same conspiracy theory, it's it's just insane. And this is just a as a comical example about how, how reality is now is complex.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this kind of links also to foresight and all the future-related stuff. What kind of image do you have of the times ahead? And what kind of actions do you take at this point? Kind of creating layers and different perspectives and views in a way, which is good, but equally do we all understand the different layers and different perspectives? And you mentioned earlier honesty and um genuine approach and being human so maybe i'm thinking also antidote to this could it be kind of trying to be as genuine as possible like this is what i know and my my intention is this with the knowledge that i have and experience that i have would that create more trust in this in these times and in these situations
0: yes and I fully would imagine that, yes, I think that requires such an inner work individually.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that that would be kind of, you set yourself to be quite vulnerable. Uh, and how many, um, I, don't want, I don't mean to challenge, how many leaders can do that? How many people can do that? Because it's not easy. And if you're not used to. And also, are we used to it? If some, some leader would say, I don't know, but now I'm making this decision, would that create more like trust or mistrust, or even fear? Like, oh my God, the person is not knowing what they're doing and I have to follow.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The thing is that I, I'm torn about that, because mm. on one hand, you, on one hand, as humans, we need some sort of a leader and some sort of a security. And mm. so sort the of sense of like trust that, okay, we're going to make it, you yeah. know, but at the same time, maybe that's, that's, that's the challenge, right? It's finding that balance between we're going to make it even when you have a doubt, but also being vulnerable about it. Right. Because. And leaders are in a tough spot, right? And managers are in a tough spot because like you need to make decisions and people are with all eyes on you. So everything is going to fall on you. They see you as more the decision maker than as actually a full person with fears and anxieties and and, and all of that, right? And you also need to project this idea that you know it all, which enters in the feedback loop that even caters more anxiety. I've been thinking about that a little bit, which is kind of the not call it, I call it the fear loop, but let's say a manager makes a Mm -hmm. wrong decision or Mm -hmm. is about to make a wrong decision and is a team providing him or her or they all the data to not make that decision or at least consider other options. Mm -hmm. But the first reaction, maybe because of the culture of the company, maybe because of the individual leaving that this manager had, is like, don't challenge me. You know, it's like, why are you challenging me? And then the people start to, which enters in a more survival mode because it feels threatened. And then as more people start to, hey, maybe this is the wrong decision. Maybe we could do this or could do that. Or it's not even challenging in the best way. That person doubles down in order to feel more secure about his insecurities. And then we enter a feedback loop of, That person make a bad make a bad decision to protect himself and his own because it does not Mm -hmm. catering does not address his anxieties and its fears. A bad decision is made, affects the company and affects the employees, and and the employee starts to be disengaged or start to be even more challenging, and the loop repeats itself until somebody breaks. So I think by being honest, this loop could be break broken, Mm -hmm. but. I think so many people need to still do an inner work of putting themselves into a position where they feel comfortable with it. And it's not easy for a leadership right now for any manager at this point to be vulnerable, but I think it's very needed because we are all in a situation that it sucks right now Mm -hmm. for both sides
1: yeah and also i'm thinking because you talked about the loop and and honesty is like who has the permission to be honest because is if as an employee if you're honest you might get kicked out or put in a difficult position so does it always i don't know does it always need to start from the management but if they're blind so what's the solution
0: What's the solution be <laughs>
1: <laughs> because also you may kind of another thought to that is uh you mentioned making decision or bad decision, but then there are cases when there is no decision being being made, which is also horrible
0: yeah, because and it's an probably-
1: endless loop of discussion of something and it doesn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, and in the individual perspective, it might stem from, stem from the same place, which yeah. is fear and insecurity of that person to make a decision and not wanting yeah. the responsibility of that decision.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's an easy spot. I've been thinking about those things uh, a lot and kind of, yeah, trying to put myself into other person's shoes, like what would I do? and it's hard hard decisions some some decisions are very hard and there's no wrong and right so maybe then it's like how do you engage people to your vision yeah i think, do have mm. oh, sorry go ahead. no no go ahead go ahead
0: i think first you need to have a proper vision that people buy in and, yeah. and this is this is lacking
1: that's interesting. <laughs> now I want to ask, what's a proper vision like in, in a way that people buy in what's how do, would you do it?
0: <laughs> uh, I think the how would you do it? It's maybe more on the mechanics uh-huh. I often bad. Visions that I've experienced in the past are driven by the wrong motivations. Mm. And, and I think that's, that's a bit of the issue that a lot of bad visions have, and maybe this goes back to who's backing the company, who's investing, what's Mm. the interests behind it, because you find a lot of smart executives and smart C-levels and directors and people who are driving these visions and they come with terrible visions. And then when you dissect them, it's just it's just so much pressure for investors to, for the short run to make a lot of money or mm. to please a client or to please a big client or to, you know, there is so many limitations that I think once it, like which in which space can visions be made, right? Because sometimes mm. like create a vision, but you can only create a vision within these parameters that I say it needs to be innovative and make a lot of money. <laughs> Often there's not so many options there. <laughs> As I think there's one side. The other side is that how collaborative these processes are.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, yeah.
0: And I, th- I think you, you have, you are included in many of these processes, right? How create visions? How, how does it work for you? What do you see it working?
1: Well, again, a broad question, but I think the, like you mentioned, the collaboration is very key, and yeah. the people get to uh, voice their views, fears, feelings, whatever that they are part of, things, that they also have the ownership over it. And then they also know how to apply it to their work. So it needs to be once it's built up, also broken down. What does it mean to me? And um, I don't know, this is what I've been thinking. Like I think in the design world or with designers or in that creative uh, field, that's kind of obvious way of working. I think it's in the DNA of that sort of work but then when they go to other disciplines I'm not sure because maybe there is a tendency that people think alone work alone then they come and present the, the work and then yeah. other people can give opinion but then they are not engaged with that because they haven't been part of it but the engagement is seen as that session that when the results are shared but They didn't come together to create those, let's say, results.
0: That that kind of sparks a light around trust again Mm -hmm. because I think in a lot of ways our companies are are set up with so many conflicting departments working towards what is supposed to be the same goal Mm -hmm. and trying to come up with a vision together. It's... It's impossible because it creates mistrust. If a company is not really aligned on what, what is the ultimate goal for us as a company. I don't care if you are the product department, the marketing department, the sales department, or the engineering, like what Mm -hmm. are we working for? And I think that's where a lot of companies break down is that, yeah, we have a, we have a vision and a mission statement that Mm -hmm. is blah, that we all know from all the departments, but then each department as a complete different mission and often fighting for resources and often fighting, which are not even aligned to, uh, to achieve that vision, which then if you try to bring these people, even to collaborate in a collaborative mode, how can they collaborate? They don't have trust because everyone has a need an agenda. Like I need to convert a thousand clients. I don't care if they convert by the end of the year, I just need to prove that they convert and they click subscription, you know, it's like. Mm-hmm. And while other, other ones need to uh, achieve 2,000 million views of that single post that has a feature that has nothing to do with the product. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So it's metrics as well in, in a way.
0: True.
1: I started to think about in this case, um, if people are all um, agreeing on stuff, is it lacking diversity? Or is it a, a measure of a, a good process and trusting people?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I I think for me, it's like if the individuals themselves don't work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you cannot, Not the system does not work. And, mm. but maybe that's my perspective as a coach, right? Which mm. is, and maybe I'm biased in that regard, but if you are an organism composed by multiple cells and multiple organisms, microorganisms, if each of them do not know what they are doing and why they are doing this, the bigger organism does not work out. Mm -hmm. Right? So for me, it's like a company, for example, like an organism, and there are cells that are more, that are more influencing, influencing than others. But at the bottom line, if a CEO does not solve his issues, personal issues about reputation, about insecurities, anxieties, fears, as an individual, that will come and transpire to the work and to the decisions and trickle down. The yeah. same goes for the most basic junior level person. If that person have also like issues that are not addressing themselves, that they like self, lack of confidence and so on, that is not they they cannot perform the best way possible but that's on the individual level then but i think when people especially in leadership understand how important is the individual level they understand how impactful the environment they operate in and that the reality they create affects them individually Mm -hmm. and eventually can understand how the systems that we create in companies and in teams and in cultures we have more power to change in order to make it work for everyone
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it creates many thoughts i don't know where to start what to say do you have uh good examples of trust in work context or any other context
0: I mean, I'm not sure if I would like to disclose them in public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I we go back to the honesty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? I think I think that's it. We go back to the honesty and the genuinity. I think
1: mm-hmm. in
0: any kind of circle, both private and work, where I was involved, where mm-hmm. people were really honest and genuine, there was a, a genuine and honesty safe space. There was effort into creating a safe space Mm. you know which it's tiring and it's a lot of work but it pays off you know and you can have safe spaces from a team to how to a a discussion at home how how do you how do you how do you run alcoholic anonymous meetings Mm. how you know all of this it's the same. The same thing. What they unite all of these experiences are creating. Uh, is the fact that they create safe spaces. The problem is that going back to the trust and other companies, mm. do we really trust companies to be able to create a safe space? Especially now, I, I go back to the people's department. They they run the layoffs. They run the culture. Uh, you know people are very disappointed even if they don't they don't have much to blame to be blamed for but would you really trust now somebody at the company that comes from the executive team or the people's team to create a safe space for you to talk
1: well i don't know because i i I, i'm thinking myself and i'm wondering do i trust easily or or not because i tend to be quite open uh um. yeah and that in I, how would I say being open yourself usually helps other person to open up if they if, if they want to open up and at least that's um, I'm thinking for me that's creating a starts to create the the trust you know so if the it applies to any role In my case I think if I can have nice conversations the person gives something from themselves to the table and you talked about the safe space and honesty I think for me it's kind of if if one is open because then you don't have to think about what the person is constantly kind of scan and try to uh, create meanings and Almost like profiling. but I don't know it's it's interesting in a way like what makes you trust people. I, I was thinking that because with some people it's easy to start stalking others you keep your distance and and then it's like intuition, but based on what earlier experiences, Always the cultural things, Finns are very trustworthy and like, um, oh, that's the, that's the cultural uh, feature, like um, earnest and, and uh, yeah, honest.
0: I can validate that. <laughs> after, after working for so long for for a Finnish company and working with so much and many fin- Finnish people, I learned a lot from that. And also the director, it took me a while, I have to say, yeah. to get used to it because coming from a Latin culture or more a Southern culture, um, it's it's different. There is there is a, there is it's a different type of honesty. So uh, at uh, there is more protection, let's say it's there, and more sugar coating
1: yeah animals. yeah that's that also made hard to Finns to navigate in some yeah. cultures <laughs> maybe, but it's interesting from the organization point of view or systems looking at the system like how the society is built and what elements are supporting people being uh honest trustworthy. I don't have um now Finland has been ranking the the world's happiest country again. Again, yes, Uh, I haven't read all the articles but a lot of them state to the how our society works and what elements it brings and I'm wondering because uh, of course the 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 equality or aim for equality and stuff like that and welfare state taking care of or at least aiming to take care of everything everyone and everything, Um, small population, is that all making it easier? Because if there would be more, does it always start to, there's individuals who try to go against or find their own roots? And if you have good basic level, you don't, you can kind of be more at ease. So if it's a safe, safe space kind of thinking, is our country a safe space?
0: Well, that's a big question. I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> if if I'm educated enough to reply to that. Um, well,
1: these are just what's on my mind. I I come up with questions often and not always answers.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the point of this podcast. We are not here to give you to give you replies, <laughs> or to give you answers. Just more yeah. questions. Yeah. I don't know, but for example, I think there are. I mean, we are going on a tangent now, but I think there are cultural traits or historical traits that helps to do that, right? That helps to to have certain traits. For example, for me, when it came to coming to Germany was also very shocking, right? Because of the, especially Berlin, let's be honest, like Berliners Mm. have this attitude of the Berliner Schnauzer and they are, they are proud of it. So they are, they are proud to be rude and to be straight in your face, which for me at the beginning was like, wow, that hurts, you know? (laughs) like, why are you being so, uh, so rude? I mm. came to become a little bit like that and to actually appreciate it because it, 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 it's straightforward, you know what you can count and you get, I mean, of course there's people for everything and everywhere, yeah, but yeah, gen- yeah. generally speaking, yeah. it's a more straightforward, uh, straightforward culture. For example, in Portugal, there will be much more beating around the bush in, in a work situation if there is a conflict. Or more dramatic. Well, that's what I experienced. While in Germany, it might have been like more straight to your face, you know, and and very cold, but also no hard feelings afterwards. And one of the things that I always compare, I know it's a bit stupid and forgive me, Portuguese people who are listening to this, but (laughs) Germany with the historical past that they had, they had to rebuild the country from scratch. Yeah. No matter who you are. So for example, if you don't like your neighbor, but you it doesn't matter because you need to rebuild your building again mm. together with your neighbor if you both want to you know rebuild this country and rebuild your neighborhood so you know through all the wars and all of the things they went through in mm. Portugal I would assume gladly we never had these kind of wars or this kind of thing but I would assume if you were from a different football club that night I would not collaborate with you because I would have a problem <laughs> so we are much more emotional about that and I've of course that overgeneralization, yeah, yeah, both yeah. The Germans and the Portuguese but it's just Sometimes it's also about this focus.
1: Yeah, and you have uh, maybe luxury, you've had the luxury of being selective, you know. Maybe in Finland, if we go back in the days, more about survival, you know. There's yeah. the cold winters and you need to get food while the summer is short and all this stuff. If in there, the climate has been much more uh, pleasant. So you can focus on other things, you have more time to focus on football clubs. Not yeah. staying alive.
0: <laughs> True. And l- and be less dependent on somebody else or all yeah. the collaboration. No.
1: Yeah. We are coming to our time. We've been going around. For a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trust. There's well, a lot well, of I... things that I haven't even... Like, we didn't talk about... Virtual reality, technology, technology, how it impacts metaverse, avatars, different Different identities.
0: identities, Yeah,
1: Yeah,
0: I would, I would still be up for another tangent.
1: Okay, what's on your mind?
0: (laughs) 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 Okay, just let me spark it then. There is a phrase, I honestly, I cannot find the article again, and I'm sorry for not knowing the author, but he or she or they said something around. We always have these ideas that the future about the AI is going to be matrix and we are kind of in a simulation and, Mm. you know, there's all the evil bots or there is like this old Skynet approach where Terminator, you know, the machines will turn us into slaves So there is all of these kind of views of the future. But I think the most realistic view is that we are the ones who are going to pull the trigger and to kill ourselves (laughs) just by the fact that the AI will tailor the story so well to you that you just do it. And actually, sadly, somebody died last week or this week because ChatGTP really made a good case why the best thing to do to save the climate is to shoot your brains out
1: really where, yes. where was that
0: i think in the us I, I can't remember to be honest but or in belgium wow, I, honestly i don't like remember how the...
1: much can you trust to the machines exactly so I, and I don't how know much about... do we trust to machines i would say quite a lot already yeah hmm it's horrible how
0: do you see this topic of trust developing with so much misinformation and so much access to digested information that, you know, makes you pull the trigger at times.
1: Well, we come back to the beginning where we talked about the the complexity of the kind of the whole landscape. We have different information. Everything is complex, layered. There's no one truth which is no way good that there is a diverse diversity in thinking and opinions, but where's the balance, you know, and how do we cope with that? How do we learn to like balance out the machine, talking to the machine, machines talking to us and actually connecting with people like-minded and from different bubbles. Cause that's important as well. Yeah. And if we can choose always where we, um, yeah, what we impose ourselves to, then like, yeah, how, do, how would I say? Uh, back in the days, or so you went for a trips to, to see and experience different cultures as you do now as well, but now internet also has uh, opened up different avenue for that purpose, but still, then there's maybe less, um, Noise coming to you in the. I don't know how to explain this. Like, um, some things maybe happen unintentionally. Now you can choose your channels, and the algorithms then reinforce those things.
0: Yeah. And the problem is that what's the effect that it has on us, especially if you are a completely digital generation? Yeah. That's something that I've been thinking about, because... um,
1: Well, I'd quickly say that TikTok already made an impact on the... or what they say, to, to finish election. Because the young people surge or Feel here, whatever. It, lots of information from TikTok.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should discuss that in the next episode because <laughs> that's a, such a big topic that I would really love to dive in. Sorry for my silence, but uh, I think because it's it okay. starts exploding.
1: <laughs> yeah! 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 I, I I agree but hey let's continue cool. this was a nice chat hopefully other people will enjoy this as well
0: yeah is there anything in particular to take from here today
1: that is difficult and complex but being open and genuine and honest is a good thing they are good virtues would that be a good summary
0: that's an excellent summary <laughs> Hey, see you. Talk to you soon. See you. You too. Have a nice day. Repeat. Bye. Same to you.
1: Bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.